Hello, friends. This episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Statement of Pride is recording a two-song promo, and it will be out soon. And it's a promo for a 7-inch that will be coming out on From Within Records this fall. So please stay tuned for that. It's going to be fucking awesome. I love Statement of Pride. I'm excited to see them again live. They put on such an awesome performance, and they sound awesome. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Also, Shackled, Doubts Rounds, All in the USA, uh, Summer Tour. I'm super excited to see Shackled in California. I'm so proud of Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. He just graduated college, which is awesome. So everyone go congratulate him on that. Also, this summer, Warren, uh, they're hitting the streets. They're going across the U.S. this summer, which is going to be sick. They'll be in L.A. in July. Very much looking forward to that. Also, today of this episode dropping, Human Work, second pressing. And it's out of 200 on a random color vinyl. So please hit pause. Don't even let this intro finish. Hit pause. Head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and grab a copy of human work second pressing before it's too late it's gonna sell out again it's such an awesome record and i'm so happy that it got a second pressing because i know a lot of people were disappointed they couldn't get their hands on the first pressing so please go grab one before it's too late if you're not following from within records on social media please go boot up your twitter your instagram click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news and like i always say please support from within records because they support us and if you're looking for high quality merch for your band for your business for your podcast for whatever please go hit up my friends over at good fortune printing out of wilkesbury pennsylvania they do high quality stuff they've printed all my collab shirts and i am looking forward to working with them again in the future so please go follow Good Fortune Printing on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. You can also email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. On today's episode, we we're able to track down our good friend Matt. He plays guitar in a band called Twist of Cane out of Southern California. And I am so happy that I was able to sit down and speak with him. I'm such a huge fan of Twist of Cane. And for anyone who's not familiar, please do yourself a favor. Go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, and go search out Twist of Cane. Listen to that demo. Come back here and you can hear Matt and I speak about his history, how the band came together. It was such a pleasure. And I am very much looking forward to hearing new stuff from that band in the future. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Matt to the show. Podcast Matt, how's it going? 
Good, good, man. Thank you for uh, having me here. No, I thank you. I'm a, a fan of uh, Twist of Kane. The demo dropped, and I uh, had no idea who was in the band. And I, I checked it out and just saw like so many friends. Uh, I get, not even just in California, just a, a lot of friends like across the U.S. posting it. And I was just uh, pretty surprised at how uh, tapped in everybody was for this new band from California. Yeah, we uh, we kind of tried keeping it a secret. Um, we we tried not to show anybody any of the music. We were just kind of like, Hey, like just drop this demo on everybody. Um, but it just, it, it worked out kind of weird. We ended up playing a show before we even had any music out. Our first show was in November and our demo dropped this year in February. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just cause recording was a bit of a headache. And it, Jesse from, he plays in abrasion and, he plays in momentum now. Mm -hmm. He played in CU Space Cowboy. He recorded us, and there was nothing with him. Like you, he, he's the best guy we I've ever recorded with, and we're all gonna go back with him. But we had a little technical issue, so it kept like delaying and delaying and delaying. And so we ended up releasing the demo a lot later than we expected. But the plan was to drop the demo last year around October, mm -hmm. and at least have some people know who the hell we are. Um, but I don't know. I guess it worked out because. A lot of us are very involved in the scene already. Like Adrian, he does like graphic design work. So I think that's why homies from like everywhere posted it. Mm -hmm. Adam plays in one choice. He filled in, he used to play in Strife and Josh, who plays in almost all the LA hardcore bands right now. So that's definitely helped us get out there. Okay. And before we get too deep into the band, I'm just curious about, uh, uh, who you are and uh, what part of uh, you know Southern California um, are, are you from? Because I, I know uh, it's pretty big out here, right? Uh, people can be from anywhere. And when a band uh, just claims Southern California, that just kind of leads me to believe that you guys are kind of spread out. But um, it's for you. I'm, I'm just curious, like, uh, you know, where you're located. Uh, I'm actually from Whittier. So the same city as Donnybrook and little, some of the Law of Power dudes. Mm hmm okay for sure that, that that's not too far and uh, am i right in assuming that you guys are all kind of spread out yeah so josh is from fontana adam lives in lake elsinore isaiah is originally from texas but he moved out here to linwood okay and then oh, adrian's from anaheim oh anaheim that that's where i'm i'm at right now i i, I gotta link up and see what's good yeah, he, he originally wanted to do the podcast because he's like, oh, I know. I He's like, I know he's from Orange County. It'd be dope to do it. Mm. But everyone's schedule is so crazy. And he's like busy working. He's like, I, I'm not going to be able to do it after all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, we, we can maybe do it in the future um, whenever he has time. We'll figure it out. Yeah, he's definitely someone good to get on. Okay. And, and as far as you um, living in Whittier, uh, have you always um, lived there or did you just um, you know get there later in life? Uh, I've been here since I was seven years old. Um, I was born in Montebello and then like lived in La Puente, Baldwin Park for mm -hmm. like a year or two in each city and then moved to Pico Rivero and lived there for like two, three years. And then after that, I've just lived in Whittier pretty much my whole life. That's crazy. I always laugh whenever I, I hear the city Montebello um, because I originally grew up in like the Palm Springs area and me and my buddy just kind of got sick of living out there. We just felt like we were going nowhere. 
and we were trying to figure out places to move out to. And I tried to convince him to move to Montebello and he was so curious. He's like, of all places, like, why do you, why do you want to move to Montebello? And at the time I had like the biggest crush on this girl that lived there. And I was, <laughs> I was trying to get him to move there so we could be closer to her. So I could, um, you know, uh, you know, get deeper in our relationship. But, um, luckily it, it, it didn't work out and, um, we didn't end up going to Montebello. We just came to Orange County. Honestly, it's not, I don't, there's not much to do in Montebello anyways. I mean, you're close to LA yeah you're like 15 minutes from like downtown la in that area it's cool but there's not much to do in montebello to begin with so it's a good thing that you ended up in orange county yeah because uh even where i'm at now it's not too far from la even with traffic because i'm you know we're so used to traffic out here so I, you always just kind of factor that in and it's not too far you know like the last the the past two days i've driven to um you know where like the bank stadium is yeah yeah i was there for the for the past two days and like you know driving there saturday uh evening with traffic it's pretty bad but it's not it's not the worst thing in the world yeah it it's not too bad I, one thing i love about whittier at least where i live now south whittier um like whittier is not an easy city to get to mm -hmm. just because like to get to the heart of it there's no freeways mm -hmm. but you are surrounded by all the freeways you need, you have the 605, the 5, the 60, you're not far from like the 10. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about living where I live at is like, I'm 30 minutes from LA, I'm 30 minutes from like downtown Orange County, wherever you want to be over there, like 20 minutes from Dis Disneyland. My wife and I love Disneyland. So it's like, when we had our pass, it's like convenient because it's a 20 minute drive. Mm -hmm. And then I have family Plus, like most of the writing for the band is done at Josh's house, which is like forty-five minutes, which isn't isn't too bad. So mm -hmm. like, you're, we're close to everything. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's better to be in a, a location like that because being in the thick of things, like living in LA, like you know, like near like downtown or anything, I just feel like there's just too many people, and I I couldn't handle that. Yeah, it, I'm not a fan of like living in the city. Mm -hmm. um, my wife is from. Boyle Heights and she grew up like in downtown and she loves it and she's like oh I would love to live out here but I'm like dude like traffic sucks there's never any parking like, I I like where we're at we're close to everything mm -hmm. yeah it, it's, it's just a small sacrifice to not have to deal with like the craziness of LA yeah it's not too bad and it, it, as far as you I, I'm just curious about uh, you know you figuring out about hardcore how'd you get into it um so my i grew up i grew up listening to like metal mm -hmm. um my uncle so my mom my mom's brother and my grandma's brother uh they grew up listening to like classic rock and like thrash and all that shit so i gravitated towards that uh, my uncles listened to like the big four metallica megadeth slayer sepultura stuff like that so i kind of grew up with that i always felt like there's two routes to take to get into hardcore and it's either punk or like metal mm -hmm. and i grew up with the metal route so um i was always into that growing up even classic rock and all that stuff and it wasn't until like middle school that i started like listening to heavier music um i had some friends introduce me to like metal metalcore stuff and that was cool like i wasn't i'm not the biggest fan of metalcore but like there were some songs were like, oh, this is dope. It wasn't until like high school that my best friend, since I was 13 years old, he started getting into hardcore and like he showed me a few bands. And 
just so that I don't make a long story like any longer. That's how I got into it. Just a friend in high school that was like, yo, like check these bands out. And I kind of fell in love with it after going to a local show. I don't remember what bands played, but my first show was just like a local show. And from there on out, like I'd go to shows every weekend. So ever since I was like 16, 17, that's how I kind of got into hardcore. Okay. Hell yeah. And I feel like that's uh, a, a good place to start. Cause those are like your, you know, your formative years as being a teenager, just trying to figure out life. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, it was very important because like, especially like growing up and at a house in a house where like, there was always like arguing or fighting. And I kind of gravitated towards hardcore a lot just because of like, you know, going to shows and you see like all this chaos, um, mm. like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was kind of cool because like I felt like, oh, like everybody seems angry here and there's a good place to like let it all out. Like this is a cool spot for me to kick it. And I just kept going to shows. And as far as you playing the guitar, is that something you've done your whole life or did you pick it up uh, you know, as you got into hardcore? Um, I picked up the guitar when I was like 12 or 13 years old. Originally, I learned the first instrument I learned was drums. Mm -hmm. uh, but the teacher that was teaching drums um, kind of frustrated me because I was picking it up faster than all the students, but he's like, no, like we got to go out at the same pace. And there was just too many students. So uh, I realized that nobody, there was only one other guy doing his like guitar lessons. So I jumped into guitar only for that reason. Plus like Guns N' Roses is one of my all time favorite like bands. So I'm, grew up watching Slash play guitar and I, and at that point I was like, you know, it'd be so much cooler to look like that guy playing guitar instead of playing drums. So I picked up guitar when I was 13. Um, and like the first band I actually joined was in solo. I was like 17, 18 years old. Okay. And uh, did you ever try to revisit the drums like, like at any point in your life? Yeah. Like uh, I like when I, Growing up later, like my parents, like I grew up in a really, really religious home. So my parents like were pastors and all that. So um, they would ask me, well, they didn't ask me. They had like the music group, but they never had any like musicians to actually play their instruments correctly. And I remember like, I never liked going to church, but I would see, like I would go there sometimes because they would ask me on special occasions. And then I would see how nobody knew how to play anything correctly and so i ended up picking up the drums because they never had a drummer mm. and that was the only time i really played drums after that but to be honest i suck like if i go back on drums right now like i'm terrible with timing i would have to get on there and practice for a long time to get back on like how i used to be but i wasn't like i wasn't ever that great because i never owned a drum set mm -hmm. i would just practice when i would go to when i was first learning and then like with pads at home that's about it okay for sure <clears throat> well that's cool that you've uh, been at least doing music for like a you know, big part of your life that, that's cool that you're able to start pretty early yeah um and i mean i i've been playing for so long so playing on stage with bands wasn't anything like too scary because i know a lot of people get nervous mm -hmm. Um, so I was already kind of used to it. So that was one good thing about playing music live at a very early age. But when you start, one thing that was intimidating 
like growing up is like when you start playing in bands and you're playing like your own music that you wrote that's the only time that's like i, I, I used to get nervous it's like oh are these people gonna like it yeah just because that like real insecurity because obviously it <clears throat> can sound cool um, in like the practice space and in theory th these songs should be good but uh you know when you put it out there for the public it's really up to them to decide if they're gonna like it or not yeah and i'm like my own worst critic when i write a song like i'll write four different versions of it because i'm not like i don't know what sounds good and like when we write for this band it's like i'll send it in it's like okay this is what i have and we'll go through like different versions of it just because i i can't sit there and like choose it myself so being in a band at first like that was one big thing for me it's like oh man like i already don't feel too confident with the song mm -hmm. and then going on stage and having to present it you know like it's it's definitely a bit nerve-wracking sometimes and it, if you had that moment where you had that feeling but were pleasantly surprised by the reaction of the audience um like it I have, but it's also kind of weird. Like, it's this weird thing I have where a part of me knows, like, it's okay. Like, this is a good song. Like, I like the riffs. It sounds good. But there's always that, like, doubt. Like, ah, uh, like, I don't think it's, it's that great, you know? So, but then, like, in my previous bands, when we've released, like, that song that I wrote or something and it ends up doing great, like, that's the one time I'll get, like, confirmation that, okay, people, like, actually like it. And it, it kind of, makes me feel a bit better but i'll still be picky about certain spots like spots in the songs like riffs like oh i don't like this but you yeah. know I, I if it was up to me i'd end up i'll never end up releasing music because i'll just be changing it all the time yeah trying to you know fine-tune it and uh, you know keep coming up with new ideas but uh yeah i know sometimes uh it's important to kind of you know uh, check the temperature of the people listening to your music but also at the same time you got to uh, keep it realistic as well because um, obviously there's been amazing music that's been put out but there's somebody out there talking trash about it right where it's just kind of like mind-boggling like okay do you really not enjoy this or are you just trying to be like a contrarian and just go against the grain to you know sound edgy or cool yeah that that, that happens a lot too i've <clears throat> i've kind of learned to just laugh that off like it doesn't bother me i mm -hmm. like reading all the hate comments sometimes just because it's hilarious like because I understand, like, not everyone's going to like what you write. You 100%. Mm -hmm. and, and it's fine. Um, there's plenty of bands that people love, that my band, band members love, but I just can't get into, you know? Um, and that's just how it is sometimes. But if you get too hung up on it, like, on those type of comments, then you're never going to end up doing anything. Yeah, and that's a great mindset. I, I always try to... Uh, you know, tell my friends who do things that get put out in like the public to to n not really, uh, you know, take those things to heart because you could be having the best day, whatever. Read one stupid comment. And, and if you let that ruin your day, like it's, it's going to be hard to get anywhere because, you know, th that one is going to be the first of many. So I, I always just try to like encourage my friends to just uh, not take that stuff too serious. Yeah, I just kind of just kind of got to go with it. It's honestly not that big of a deal sometimes. Some people are going to love it. Others don't. At the end of the day, as long as you your band is doing good or whatever you're doing, it could be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be music. Mm -hmm. As long as uh, there's a good amount of other people that like fuck with it, and it's cool, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because uh, 
not everyone's going to like what you do. And I, I wouldn't want to be that person that's loved by everybody. I feel like that'd be a little strange. Yeah, that, that, that does get kind of weird. Even now, like I, I, I'm weird when it comes to like taking compliments. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I don't know what to say. It's like the same reason why I don't like celebrating my birthday. Cause it's like all the attention's on you. And I'm like, what else am I supposed to say? Like, well, thank you. Like just enjoy what we did. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, it can get a little bit squirrely, right? Because you you take one compliment, but if they keep like feeding him to you, it's just like, dude, chill. <laughs> like, I I appreciate it, but like, I don't like I don't need this to be all about me all the time. Yeah, I mean, and what like what are you supposed to say? Like, like oh, cool. Like, you can only say thank you so many times before it just starts getting weird. Yeah, and then you start walking that fine line of being like arrogant and cocky, and yeah, and that's when some people start getting like a little hurt over that because. Like I get it, they'll have they have good intentions, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I just you can't help yourself sometimes. Hundred percent. And I, I, I'm just curious. There was an an older venue out there in Whittier, the uh, Green Turtle. Were, were you ever able to uh, attend shows at that spot? Yeah. So Whittier had the Green Turtle back in the day, like mm-hmm. in high school. We also had the Red Cross, and we had another. I think two other venues. Um, but I only I caught the era of going to the Green Turtle. I wasn't mm-hmm. old enough to go to like the Red Cross because it was just before my time. Okay. And um, that place was so shitty. But I mean, I've had some good memories there. It was like the only venue that booked like some good shows. I think Half Heart on the, like their last tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Half Heart played like, there. They, they played there. Um, well, I don't even remember. I honestly don't remember a lot of bands from over there just because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. but yeah pretty crazy when you think about how big uh have heart is and to think about you know somewhere for like like you who, who's a local to, to know that they played in your backyard that, that, that that's pretty cool to think about yeah it, it is crazy to think about the fa- and then on top of that like on their last tours like of all places like they choose to play like this little like almost like a whole noir you know mm-hmm. it's way too small it ain't like a big nice venue just a bar yeah and they would throw shows in like the back room or if it was something bigger, it'd be like in the bar and like it wasn't always comfortable, but it was our spot. It was cool. Yeah. And I, I feel like uh, we still have to uh, like appreciate those kinds of venues because obviously out here in Southern California, right? There's like these professional venues like spread across the state, which are cool because, you know, uh, cool tours come through. But when you think about uh, some of the you know, more like DIY spots, I, I feel like those ones are like more of my favorite spots to go to versus the super pro venues. Yeah, I do prefer like DIY spots sometimes. Like uh, Aladdin Juniors was definitely one venue that we would go to all the time mm-hmm. growing up. And I miss that spot because of how like intimate shows are just so much better when they're smaller. Like we have right now, LA has the 1720 and like that's a cool spot. Mm-hmm. But I always prefer like smaller venues like Atlanta Juniors or like stuff like the Green Turtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I'm still kind of foggy on why that uh, Aladdin Junior uh, stopped having like hardcore shows because I, I drive by it uh, like I, I was I drove by it a couple of months ago because I went to a show at the Glass House and I was just curious to see like what was there and there was a weird sign in the window that said that they had shows but I could tell it wasn't like you know the kind of shows that we go to so I'm like this is just turned into this whole other thing it's you like you think about the types of bands that have played in that venue versus like what it looks like now it's just so strange on how it all like unfolded that way uh, yeah I mean but to be honest like 
throwing hardcore shows for like a venue is can also be a liability because of all the crazy shit that happened. So I don't, I don't know why they don't have shows anymore, but I would assume it's because it just, it's too crazy to keep up with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the only time I remember like it being like a real issue was, um, uh, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but backtrack played and like the fire department showed up and like shut the show down. Cause I, I think, oh, shit. yeah, like, I don't know if somebody called or maybe they just happened to drive by and see a fuck ton of people like packed out in this place. Cause it was definitely over capacity and yeah, the, the show got shut down and that was, uh, it, it was weird cause that had never happened before, but like that was seriously the only time I can think back to anything like crazy happening where the show had to stop. Yeah. I, I, fuck, I'm trying to remember that one. I'm, I remember I caught backtrack there. Like I think once I can't remember, but yeah. Um, I mean, it's also from all the moshing, all the stage dives. Like I'm sure the insurance for them, which is getting way too crazy to be paying and risking kids getting hurt. So I don't know. Yeah. I always wonder what, what like, because, you know, uh, if you weren't playing in a band, you had to go through the restaurant to get to the um, venue spot. And so I, I was always curious, like, what the actual, like, restaurant workers thought about, like, the nights that hardcore shows were there. Because, um, you know, it, it was clear as day who was there for the show and, like, who wasn't. Uh, and I'm just like, damn, th th this must be, like, a weird vibe for those people if they don't understand, like, what's going on. Oh, that shit was always funny, especially when it was people there, like, just drinking or eating. <laughs> it's like a bunch of crazy kids going on in the background. Yeah, I always thought the same thing. That that shit was funny. Yeah, but uh, cool venue. I I saw a lot of cool bands there. I think, uh, you know, I, I always tell people about the night. Uh, you know, Turnstile played their first uh, Southern California show there. That was crazy. And you think about how big they are now. And then you know, seen Twitching Tongues in there a million times, which was awesome. Yeah, I I think about that all the time too. We've we got pretty lucky seeing and, and venues like those too. It's not like a huge one. It's mm -hmm. not a huge, crazy venue. So something so small, I was there for the turnstile like show when they came out and played. Mm -hmm. um, I remember being there when stigmata got back and like they did the tour with twitching tongue. So it's, I feel almost like privileged that I got to catch them in small venues like that, instead of having to sometimes be barricaded at like, let's say they had shows like at the glass house or, next door or like the fox theater. it just wouldn't be the same yeah i i, I hate the fox theater <laughs> I, I think that i i don't know I, I just i've never had a good experience there. like i've seen cool bands there but i've never had a good time there i've i've gone there i think once okay and it's not that great i mean i i i think i only went because i got in for free the there was a security guard that worked at the glass house that i became cool with and mm -hmm. when there were shows out there sometimes that i wanted to go he'd hook it up and i think there was a show at the fox theater and like he like hooked me up to get in so but other than that i've never gone back it's it's just weird it's like a theater it's literally a theater so you have seats and then you have like a, a pit mm -hmm. but you can't really do much there without at least back in the day i remember going over there and like security getting pissed off at you for trying to do something you can't even stage dive you can't do none of that shit yeah but it, it also is weird too because you think about like just that one block in pomona there was uh aladdin jr glass house and then literally right there uh, was fox theater so it, it was crazy that uh, there's you know those three venues so close together all within walking distance literally yeah it, it, then 
it was it was cool because there was always something going on too mm -hmm. i remember there was a couple times where like i went to a show at the glass house and then there was like another show going on like there was a metal show going on at the glass house but then i come to find out there was a hardcore show so it's like oh like i only wanted to catch this band at this venue so i'll go watch that one and then after that i'll shoot through to like aladdin juniors or something yeah those ones were always cool because uh you could basically get like this nice like you know mixed bill for you because yeah yeah just like you said you'll catch a couple of bands at the glass house shoot down to aladdin jr or vice versa and it was always cool that um you were able to make something like that work on those special nights where there's two things going on yeah those are some good times well yeah i, I yeah i don't think uh, aladdin jr will, will come back but um at, at least the glass house they, they still have like you know good shows every now and then but i feel like um, over the years, they've slowed down with having good shows because like, they still have stuff, but it's just like uh, a lot of things that I'm just not interested in, uh, which is really weird because I, I remember just growing up, I used to always uh, want to go there just because it was uh, just a, a little bigger than like Chain Reaction or uh, Showcase Theater back in the day, but not too big. It, it was still like, you know, small enough to where I would uh, still enjoy it and have fun. Yeah, those were the spots growing up. It's like every weekend you'd either be at Atlanta Juniors, Chain Reaction, or um, the Glass House. Yeah. Especially like once we, when when we lost the Green Turtle and there wasn't that many shows. It's like, all right, well, we're gonna go to Chain Reaction. We're gonna go to Glass House. We're gonna go to Atlanta Juniors. There was always something going on, and I kind of do miss those days. But to be honest, like, I I'm never out in that area anymore for like music. Anyways, like now that we have something closer, it's kind of like better because getting out there sometimes was a headache for us with all the fucking traffic mm -hmm. so i'm kind of glad that now we have closer venues to us so despite having a lot of good memories out there i'm kind of glad that Ali's getting more venues out here yeah and i'm um, the rare times that you are able to make it out I, I guess you just you know keep those and make those a little more special since you're not doing it as frequent yeah that that too i mean and i don't really have time I don't really have too much time to go to shows anyways now. Mm -hmm. My wife and I are always like fucking working. So like I'll try to make to as make it to as many as I can. But now that it's closer, it's, I don't really have that much of an excuse to miss them. It's like, dude, like you live pretty close to the venue now. Like back then it's like, my excuse was like, Oh, well, fuck, I got to drive all the way to, to Pomona to the glass house. Like I, I can't fucking make it on time. Yeah. Uh, I live uh, like, taking like city streets like uh, I, I probably live like l maybe at most like 10 minutes from chain so uh, i i don't really have like too many excuses and I, I always try to make it out um to see stuff that's going on at chain or if my friends are rolling through i'll like i'll at least make it out to see them like if i work the next day because i don't like to be out too late on the nights that i've worked the next day yeah i well i live in southwood now so like okay. we're a little closer now to like the freeways but I grew up in Westwood here, and it's like if I wanted to get to any shows out there, I would have to like go all the way around because I'd have to catch a 605. And if you ever driven through the 605 to catch like the 60 or the 10 to go to Pomona, mm -hmm. it's a fucking it's a fucking headache. Yeah. Now where I live, I could like cut through. The, I don't have to take the 605 anymore. I could just cut through the city and then catch the 60 in in City of Industry. Mm -hmm. and it's like it saves me a little bit of time so now my drive is a little like it's less traffic okay for sure um and i'm, I'm just curious about uh you know tw 
Twist of Cain. Uh, when did the idea come up to start that band? So Josh and I have been wanting to start a band since 2015. Okay. So, um, and we had like messaged each other because I was talking, you know, okay, so I'll go back a little bit. So Josh used to play in a band called Seasons Change, a pop punk band. That I was love that band. That was my old band. Mm-hmm. Um, so the drummer Art and I started that, like, I think around high school. And that's how he and I kind of met. But the idea of this band came up with him was because I remember texting Art, like, yo, like, I want to start a band. And he said he was too busy with the seasons change stuff because, like, they're really touring. Um, and that was his main focus. He's like, I can't do it, but I know Josh could do it. So, like, he gave me his number. Like, we started texting, and I was like, yo, like, I want to start a hardcore band, something like this, and let's get it going. But shortly after, um, I had moved to Santa Barbara. I lived out there for, like, Goleta, to be exact, for, like, a year. And I got, I was busy working. I worked in the car business, like, uh, at a dealership. And when you work in the car business, like, that's your life. Like, you don't have time for shit. So from, like, me texting him, like, we never got anything done because I was working. And I rarely went to shows. I'd go to shows, like, maybe twice a year. I'd go to, like, FTC like mm-hmm. for the children. But I'd show up, like, late. I'd show up for, like, the last two, three bands sometimes. And so I, I stopped being involved in the scene for from 2015 up until, like, yeah, it's, like, 2020, like, the pandemic. Once I lost my job and my wife and I opened our business, like, it kind of gave me a reason to be able to do music again but the band was originally talked about in 2015 then during quarantine josh and i texted each other again he's like yo like want to start that band finally this was still in no this was 2021 Mm -hmm. 2020 i'm sorry towards the end december and in 2021 we had our first practice in like february and then the demo came out like almost a whole year after. Okay, wow, that's crazy that it took uh, that long. But but at least you got that your process started. You know, you you sent that text, but you never knew it was going to take that long to put something out. Yeah, it's because well, Josh is involved. He's in. He plays for Vamakara. He plays for Momentum Constrict. So he had all these other bands. And then um, originally it was he and I. We me, him, and Art actually Art from again from Seasons Chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three of us were like, "Well, let's get it going," and we kind of jammed a couple times. But then Art also plays in a banda, like Mexican music. Mm-hmm. He, so he got too busy with that, and we couldn't always like jam. And then Josh, busy with work and his other bands, like we couldn't. So one reason we took so long is because everybody was just doing shit. And I was the only one that had like a little bit more free time. It wasn't until we found Isaiah. Well, Josh and I were talking and he's like, well, who do you want to do vocals? We kind of started going through names and he brought up Isaiah and I said, okay, like, let's do it. I didn't know Isaiah. I met him through like Josh and us starting this band. And so for a while, it was just us three. And it took so long because I would have to drive to Josh's house all the way to Fontana. And we would like, I would go out there like once a week. Or if he got too busy, sometimes we would only meet up like 
twice in a month mm-hmm. and we would average about like three weeks to finish a song and then the recording process took a couple months because like like i said we had technical issues and it didn't and then it didn't end up coming out until february that's crazy but that's a d- dedication for you to uh had to drive down to fontana so much just to you know get that practice and to you know get the songs written I mean, we just, we, I wanted to get that thing out as soon as possible because there's like some riffs that I've had since like for like 10 years. And I'm like, dude, like it'd be cool to put something to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Josh was just excited to do something else because he, he's originally a guitar player. The only reason he ended up playing drums for like Momentum and other bands is because growing up when he played in bands, there was like no other drummer. So he was kind of forced to play drums even though he prefers to play guitar mm-hmm. so he was he was just as excited to to do something and play like guitar like he's, he's always wanted to yeah it's always weird that that's seems to be a hang up all the time is like oh like we can't find a drummer like somebody has to play drums there's just not enough drummers in la at least or at least here down here mm-hmm. that's why everybody almost everybody shares the same, the same drummers it's like the same people playing in everybody's band yeah, no, I feel like even out here, because I've had some conversations about starting stuff and I'm like, who's going to play drums? And then everybody is like looking at each other and it's just like crickets because nobody plays. So it's just like, yeah, this isn't really going to get anywhere until we find a drummer. We need more people to play drums or we need more younger people that are getting into like the scene to pick up the drums. Cause we have way too many guitar players and too many vocalists. Yeah, it's There's like, not enough drummers. Yeah, somebody needs to put that um, you know PSA out there. Uh, more drummers, please. Make it'll make things a lot easier. Straight up, I have a I have a homie that I grew up with, and um, much younger than me, but he's been seeing that I'm playing music again. And he's like, dude, that's so dope. His dad was the one that originally taught me how to play mm-hmm. uh, drums and a little bit of guitar, and. Um, He's like, dude, it makes me want to play music again. I was like, please do and start going to shows with me and like join a band because we need more drummers. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and hopefully he takes you up on that and, you know, comes out and goes to shows and plays the drums. Yeah. I think he lives like by you guys. He lives in Santa Ana now, I think. Okay. Yeah. Th- that's not too far. It's like maybe like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, just depending on what part you're trying to get to. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I. We just need more drummers. Mm-hmm. And just a couple things about the band. I, I'm just curious about uh, the name. Uh, like, where did that come from? And, like, you know, how would you guys come up with that? All right. So, Twist of King is from a Danzig song. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's my favorite Danzig song. When it was just Isaiah and Josh and I, like, we were just, we were texting one day because we were talking about writing and then we're like yo we just realized we don't have a band name like what should we name it and i threw out like three names Mm -hmm. i think one of them was end of days that was before that band end of days came out Mm -hmm. i forgot the other one and then twist of cane and we all kind of just like agreed it just fit the sound that we were going for um but it's just a danzig song for sure. Uh, that's cool. I, I'm sure a lot of people out there, you know, got that, but wasn't sure if that was actually like a reference or not. Yeah. Some people don't understand. And it's funny when they try to look us up on YouTube, because at least at first, when you, when the first video that came out, uh, 
people were like, oh, like, can we see the set? Because they knew some people recorded it. Mm-hmm. But if, when every time you type in Twist of Kane, like Danzig pops up. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just curious about the logo that, that you guys use. Um, uh, who designed that one for you guys? Oh, fuck. It's Isaiah's homie. I, I feel so bad because I forgot his name. But he's from Texas. Okay. Um, he kind of. I think I, Isaiah just told him, "Oh yeah, I'm starting this band," and his homie just like threw something up real quick for us, and that's been the logo we've been using this whole time. Okay, for sure. And uh, shout out to the homie from Texas. I'm sure somebody will reach out and uh, you know tell us his name. Um, and uh, as far as uh, you know, the band goes. I, I know you, you mentioned I'm involved in a lot of other things, but I know you guys have that uh, tsunami gridiron show coming up. Uh, but um, as far as that, do you guys have any other like you know long term plans as far as uh, trying to play more shows? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, we have a couple more shows after the Gridiron show. We have one I think in like in the OC at some brewery with Jackknife, Brainless, Evil Ways, and then we just got added to Mosh for Youth. Um, I think that one's. June or July 2nd, and that's with, like, Scalp, The Street, Maya, Brainless. I forgot. I, I'm terrible. I just know. I kind of have an idea of what we're playing. And then we have uh, – we're playing a few more shows in the fall that I can't talk about just yet. But as far as that, I think we just have, like, three more shows planned. We were originally trying to do a run this summer, but because all of us are involved in something – Mm-hmm. Adam can't Adam can't play because he's doing something with his other bands around that time. And I think Momentum is doing something. So Josh can't. So it, it we're just gonna focus right now during the summer to write more music. Okay. And like no like after shows or pre shows near the end of July. <laughs> <laughs> we have we we haven't gotten offered. We haven't gotten offered. We were uh we were hoping, you know, but maybe next year. We we haven't gotten we haven't gotten offered, but it's fine because mm-hmm. to be honest, we kind of feel like we've also been playing like around the area a lot, mm-hmm. and we only have four songs, including our intro. Yeah. Plus, we cover uh, we plus the cover we we cover next step up. So it's like maybe we should start writing new material that way. We have a couple more songs on in our set list. Yeah, so it'll it'll give us time to sit down and, and do something. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, I I feel like the recognition is already there. Because you know, I, I feel like uh, bring up your name, like a lot of people are aware of uh, you know who you guys are, and uh, you know, it's, musically, I, I feel like it's it's been a positive reaction. Um, I feel like a lot of people are really into what you guys are doing. But yeah, I'm I'm sure if you guys uh, come out with more music, I feel like just. Uh, you know the recognition you, you know the, the love that people have for your band right now will just continue to grow because I'm sure more people will fi- like you know find out about who you guys are that may not be aware right now yeah and that's another reason why I want to record more music because I mean to be honest uh, besides the fact that I'm tired of playing the same shit because the demo was technically finished in August of last year mm-hmm. and we had our own recordings of it so we're all kind of like man like it's just the same four songs each time and um but we also know like once we record more music like it'll like help reach out to more people so that's why like we're just going to try to focus on that we have gotten a good response for the demo but again like 
we can only go so far with the same four songs. Well, if you think back to uh, this band from Arizona called Job for a Cowboy, they toured the world on a demo. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that's that, that's true. Um, uh, that that was a long time we, ago. We 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 did. I mean, we dropped the demo and like a week or two later, we went on tour and it worked out fine. But uh, Josh is like, yeah, like I don't think we should be really touring too much on on the same four songs. Cause our our set list without the cover is like eleven minutes long. Mm-hmm. When we add the cover, it's like fourteen, fifteen. So it's barely enough, but. Uh, we just want to get new music out. We're, we're kind of tired of the same songs. And we feel like it'll just benefit us and get us in front of more people's faces. Mm-hmm. And we're halfway through the year. Uh, is there any movement on that? Or have you already started writing stuff or have you had stuff stored for so long that you're just ready to you know start kind of piecing it all together? So Josh and I have a bunch of like parts at his house recorded mm-hmm. every time we write josh and i josh just recorded on his computer like programs and drums and everything but we've been so busy like we thought after coming back from tour we'd be able to hit the like the recording again at his house but he got busy with momentum he's been on like tours he's been on vacation so like right now he's in peru mm-hmm. so originally we're like okay like we'll finish writing this one song i started and when when he gets back or this month we'll finish it but it doesn't look like we're going to finish it this month but we have plenty of material to use it's just a matter of piecing some of it together and then we have like i have like two songs that are almost done but i just need to record it okay for sure well uh, at least you know the process has started with that and hopefully we won't have to wait too long for the next uh, ep or maybe a full length whichever route you guys decide to take i want i mean most of us have agreed that we want to release something like for the summer or fall mm-hmm. um it's just again it's it's taking longer than what we're expecting but hopefully like i said i'm this, the two songs that I have, like one of them's already pretty much done. I have one half recorded at Jesse's because I went to Jesse to record it. Mm-hmm. And then the other half is uh, on Adrian's computer. He came over and like I was like, yo, let me use your computer. So we recorded the parts. I just need to piece them together because on his computer, it's just the guitar. Okay. And, it, and it's like a shitty version of it because I'm like, I just have this idea and I want to record it before I forget. And start piecing it together so i could see how it sounds like as like a whole just no no drums or bass um so i don't know hopefully jesse right now is also on the east coast building in for one choice so hopefully when he gets back and josh gets back maybe next month we'll have that song finished and then we'll we'll need to finish the other song but realistically we have enough music like almost fully written mm-hmm. to release like another EP or something. Okay. It's like, it's like four or five songs. Yeah. Well, that's definitely good news. So hopefully uh, we'll hear it sooner than later. Um, and just a couple more things on the band. I noticed that um, uh, there's no band camp. Is that for a specific reason or is that like, you know, coming soon? We're just not a fan of band camp to be honest. Okay. It's just not a fan. Uh, I feel like most people listen to music on either Spotify or Apple Music, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, for a split second, 
like I was trying to convince him to release the music on Bandcamp because when you submit your music to try to release it on all the platforms, it has to go through a process and it has to be like, they have to like go through your music and make sure it's like good. Um, so it takes sometimes about like three to four weeks for it to get approved to, for it to actually like be posted up on there. So I wanted to do that just to get the demo out a lot sooner than later. But everybody's like, no, like, I just don't want to do Bandcamp because Bandcamp isn't that great. So I don't, but I, so I don't think you'll ever like see us put music on Bandcamp. For sure. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just curious because um, when I'm on my computer, that's, uh, I just assume everybody has a Bandcamp. So I'll start by looking up the Bandcamp and hopefully there's like a link in the Bandcamp profile to get to the other stuff. Um, but if that doesn't work, then I'll go to like the social media. So I'll go to the, the Instagram or the Twitter and then see if I could branch out from there. But if that's not even available, then I'll have to go straight to the, um, you know, uh, like the Apple Music's, the Tidal and Spotify. On our Instagram, we when we list, released the demo, we had the link. So mm -hmm. like it sent you to all the, like the music platforms. The only one that wasn't on there that I remember is at least Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's still there. Um, I, I was actually looking at it earlier today. Um, and last thing about the band, uh, you guys uh, took down the merch store a, a couple weeks ago. Is that in preparation for like a new drop or uh, were you just taking it down until further notice? Um, just until further notice, I we're a lot. Like I said, a lot of us are busy, so mm. it's a lot of work to keep up with all the merch sales and packaging and all that. So, yeah, um, we just decided to get rid of some of the old stuff that we had just laying around. Mm -hmm. And also because a lot of people had been asking like when are you guys gonna put up a merch store so maybe once we print out more designs again and we play more shows it'll go back up but we're not really like planning on keeping a merch store open like 24 7. Mm -hmm. well uh, at least you're smart enough to um still have like you know obviously like if, if people go to the merch store now It'll you know let them know that it's down, but they'll still have the links to your Twitter and Instagram. So I I, I think it's cool that you guys at, at least do that and not just have it be a dead end. Yeah, and the re another reason why we're doing it like that is because we did have a bit of an issue at the out of pocket show. Like we put up the merch store, and we had no idea that we were going to sell so many shirts. Mm -hmm. So when we when it was time to play the show, like we just had one box. And it was just like mixed sizes of oh, wow. whatever we had left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next time we're going to be a little more prepared. Like we didn't realize that many people were going to buy stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. That just lets us know that people fuck with us. But next time we're for sure going to, if we're going to do that, we're going to try to print out a little bit more shirts just for that reason. For sure. Yeah. That's a, a good problem to have. Cause that's, that's, <laughs> that's way better than being stuck with a bunch of merch, you know? Yeah, because that shit sucks sometimes. It just stays there. You know, we've been there. I mean, I've been in bands where that's been the case. And it's, like, it's no fun. It just gets harder to get rid of. Yeah, because I, I feel like people kind of realize, like, oh, they've had this design forever. Like, um, you know, it's not that hot. But, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it, it's people interesting. want new shit all the time. Yeah, it's like every... Well, and same here. Like, you know, like if, if I see a band... I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I, I know I got this at the last show. Hopefully, I show up, uh, you know, there's a whole new line. But when I see the same stuff, I'm just like, all right, whatever. At least I get to save some money, but I, I wish they had new stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of understand those people too. I've been there before where it's like, 
hopefully i'm hoping that the the link stays up for like an old design because maybe at the time i have money but mm -hmm. you know we, we we just we don't have the time to keep up with all that sometimes yeah and, and you also don't want to kind of leave your fans hanging if they place an order and it's not getting shipped out then they're going to get frustrated and start you know hitting you up online like hey where's my shirt blah 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 yeah so i've been there before too so it's like it, it, it sucks so i hope people like understand it's like it's not, not that we're trying to be dicks yeah it's just it's it's what works for us 100 percent. okay well i'm definitely happy to hear all that stuff about uh twist of cane i'm stoked that uh, you know, a lot of people are into them. Like I said, even some of my friends out on the East Coast uh, posting about how much they enjoyed the demo, which uh, surprised me because because sometimes I like I, I assume that everybody's on the same page as me when it comes to music, right? Or like if I know about a band, like I, I swear, like I, I sometimes I feel like I'm the last person to know, so I, I assume everybody else has already figured it out. But when I reach out to, to certain people and they don't know, I'm like, okay, that's weird. But when my friends uh, you know, from the East Coast, know about like this newer band from Southern California. I'm like, how? Like, how'd you guys figure that out? And it's cool to me to see them post it because it's uh, awesome to see them showing love when they don't have to. Oh, dude, it tripped me out seeing like Wisdom and Chains sharing it. Like, mm -hmm. last that was the last band that I I would imagine like getting a hold of the demo. So it, it but it's cool. You know, it's it's dope that it's reaching out there. I think it has to do with the fact that like luckily most of us are josh has been in bands forever so he knows a lot of people out there so i think that's how it's made its way out there same thing with adam he's been playing since he he was a kid so mm -hmm. i think that's how it's made its way out there and uh, I, i'm just curious uh you've mentioned a couple times about um your business with your wife uh is it okay to talk about that on air yeah that's cool um we we own a hair salon in mm -hmm. uptown whittier mm -hmm. And we have a clothing boutique. So we used to sell online, but I just, our salon's like pretty big and it's two stories. So I just converted half of the upstairs into like a little shop. And when I'm not doing construction with my dad, cause that's one thing I'll do. I'll do construction with them or I'll do security. I work at supply mm -hmm. sometimes. So if I'm not there, I'm at the salon managing pretty much everything, but doing hair. And uh, how did the two of you get into that? Because I, I know you mentioned earlier that you were you know, doing the car stuff for a year out in Goleta, but um, how did you get back and get into starting your own business? My wife's been doing hair for ten years, and like that was always her dream. Mm -hmm. And we were we we've been we had been working on that goal for like forever um, since we, we've been married for six years. It's going to be this year. So like that was the original plan. We're like, all right, like instead of you know, trying to focus on buying a house first, like everybody else. Let's mm -hmm. try to get a business and that'll provide for us to get a house eventually. And um, that's what we ended up doing. Um, and then she always has like crazy ideas like, well, I want to do, I want to do this. But we ended up opening the boutique. Um, that's how we ended up doing that. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I, I'm you know, happy to hear that, that you guys had a plan and were able to stick it through because uh, to to chase that dream and to you know go through it. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, it, it's easy for people to see what you have now, but not know what you went through to get there. You know, there's I'm sure there's been a ton of you know struggles and new stuff that you got to figure out a along the way just to get to where you're at. I mean, 
that uh, to top it off, like we also opened two weeks before the pandemic hit. So the initial lockdown. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So like, yeah, we opened up and like two weeks later, it's like we had to close down. So we were closed for like three weeks, but I, I was still working in the car business. I was a sales manager at a Toyota store out in Westminster. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of helped keep us afloat. And then when they started giving out like government help for like the PPP loans and like we started getting applying for grants, like that kind of helped us keep afloat. Um, if, it was, if it wasn't for any of that, I don't know what would happen because I eventually lost my job just like every person. Cause when the pandemic originally hit, they cut 70% of the staff at the dealership, like Jeez. service and sales, mm-hmm. like a bunch of managers lost their job. I was lucky to be the last manager to lose his job. I managed to hold on for like a couple more months. And then it was inevitable, inevitable. Like we knew that it, it was going to affect us. And, but we got lucky. Like I said, we, we managed to stick it through. Um, and it's a good thing that we kind of went this route because my wife ended up figuring that it was a little too hard for her to manage everything by herself. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of worked together in that sense. I'm not behind the chair, but I'm definitely the one doing the maintenance, doing the office work, the billing and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's yeah. In some weird way, yeah, you, you losing your job kind of led you, uh, you know, to helping out your wife and you guys just kind of doing it as a team. That That's really cool to hear. And she had been wanting me to leave the business for a while. Like, it's a good job. It's a career. Mm-hmm. It, it pays very well. But you don't have a life. Like, I'll be there from, like, 9 in the morning. One time I got home at, like, 2 in the morning. Because, believe it or not, some people are assholes. Um, they'll walk into a dealership at the very last minute. Mm-hmm. And you'll be stuck there for hours and hours negotiating. And as a manager, like, sometimes I'm... well not sometimes like I'm kind of obligated to stay there till the very end. Yeah. And then by the time the deal goes through and we have to go collect stuff from sometimes we'll like do courtesy drives. Like we'll drive out to a client's house to pick up, I don't know, like a down payment or something. I'd have to drive. We'd have to drive out there and then stay at work later than we wanted to. And then get home stupid late. to just to wake up again early in the morning to go back to work. That's crazy. Driving out to collect a down payment because they just send like a cash app or something i wish dude that, that would that would have being when i was a salesman that would have saved me a bunch of drives mm. but i i i remember when i worked um the reason i moved up to Goleta was because i joined the car business and it was in ventura and i was making the drive from whittier to ventura every day for like a couple weeks jeez that's far that that shit sucks you know going mm. in and out to work in the morning like if I didn't leave at exactly five o'clock in the morning to get there an hour too early to sleep in my car, it would take me three, three and a half hours to get to work. And I just end up showing up late. It just, it fucking sucked. Yeah. That's wild. But at least you had the, the dedication and the drive to, to, you know, do what it you know takes to, to get the job done. Cause a lot of people could have just, you know, folded up and just not even had done that work because to, to get up that early, just to get there, you know, still early for work, but still just to try to get some more sleep to, you know, even be functional for the day. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot. And it wasn't easy, but honestly, like I had a dead end job. Like I worked in the kitchen. Like I was a dishwasher cook's assistant. Like I did all this shit for like years mm-hmm. and I was just so over it. And it was just a drive to like 
want to do something else. Like that's the reason, the only reason why I took that job. I applied for a different job where I applied to be like an admin for like this property mm-hmm. to work in the office. And like, I, I got the interview with the supervisor and then the supervisor, all right, you're going to meet up with the owner now. And when he interviewed me, he was like, dude, you're applying to the wrong job. Like, this isn't for you. He's like, you, cause he saw like my resume. He's like, you, you do better in sales. He's like, if you want to go work for me at my Ford store in Ventura, like I could get you a job there. And I was so desperate to like get out of my current job. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, I'll do it. Not realizing how far Ventura was. Cause I'd never driven out there, not realizing how far Ventura was. And like, I remember going out there to get interviewed. I was like, I drove out there with my wife was just my girlfriend at the time. So mm-hmm. we were driving out there and I was like, fuck, like how much longer till we get there? And I ended up taking the job just out of like, just how, cause of how desperate I was. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've been there, dude. I, I used to be a server at a pizza hut and it was just pretty grim. I was like embarrassed to tell people what I did for work. I fucking barely made any money. And it, it was a bummer, but I felt like it was a good like life lesson to be like, all right, cool. Like this is somewhere I definitely don't want to be. Let's figure this out and get to somewhere where I can be happy and not go into work, hating my life every day. I agree. And, and it also teaches you how not to be an asshole to people. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I can't, and one thing I can't stand is when people like are assholes to like people that work in the kitchen or like, just any type of service job Mm -hmm. like they don't realize how hard it is sometimes like i never go to a restaurant if they're minutes away from closing because i'm like i remember being in the kitchen and like trying to clean up and then oh we have to cook this it's like fuck dude like we just cleaned everything and put it away now i gotta go back and fucking do some more shit yeah so it it, it taught me a couple things yeah yeah same here and uh i wish a lot of people would kind of have that same respect for those types of people because uh not and granted there are some special cases right because like i i hate when i go to a place and i'm just chill just normal but then they're rude to me for no reason i'm like damn fuck you but uh you know shit happens but yeah uh that 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 server job definitely taught me a lot uh and opened my eyes to a a lot of things um when i was younger that i still you know uh, carry to this day yeah it was i mean and that the kitchen that kitchen was my first legit job Mm -hmm. um and i say legit because before that um i was going to college when i before i got that job so my parents were like well you either you got to focus on on school so we'd rather have you just do a part-time job instead of like finding a full-time and trying to juggle studying and all that so uh they're like just focus on school and wanted to do something else. And so what I did is I worked at the Swami. I used to have a wholesale license and I'd go to like a warehouse and buy pallets full of like random, like house household items uh-huh. and just go to the Swami and sell that shit. And um, so it was like self-employed, but it wasn't like much money, but it was just like, I wanted to focus on going on school and me going and getting a normal job. This would have been too much. But I ended up dropping out of fucking college anyway, so like that that did me no good. But um, that was my first job, and it taught me how to like actually interact with other adults. Because growing up, like I didn't have to deal with other adults; it's just me and my friend. Hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. 
earlier in the podcast, you, you briefly mentioned Disneyland. And I'm a huge Disney fan. Uh, it's the only re- it's the reason why I live in Anaheim because uh, like w- when I first moved to Orange County, uh, I actually moved to, moved to Anaheim. Uh, that was the first city I, I lived in. And then as like our uh, lease went up on our apartment, my buddy and I would like look for different places. And like my one stipulation was I just want to be able to get to Disneyland in a reasonable amount of time without having to get on a freeway. But other than that, I'm pretty open to you know any city anywhere. I'm like you know pretty laid back. Um, and, and eventually just moved to a couple of different cities, but, uh, I found my way back to Anaheim cause I, I still wanted to be close to Disneyland. Uh, but it wasn't up, uh, or it wasn't until the pandemic where <laughs> like my feelings have kind of changed. Like I, I still enjoy, it. I, I still have a pass, but I definitely don't go as much as I used to. And it's, uh, like, I feel like the fun days there are more rare these days than they used to be because before like me and my buddies would go all the time and it'd always be fun but now it's just like damn this place is like i feel like we're just way more um critical on our trips when we go now versus like way back in the day but i'm just curious about um you know you mentioned you and your wife i'm used to have passes i I was just curious uh why you guys didn't um you know get the new ones because i know they they got canceled for everybody so there was a time where nobody had a pass yeah so um we had a pass and it was just like every year just automatically get renewed mm-hmm. or we would renew it and um the pandemic hit so that's the only real reason why we stopped but to be honest like before the pandemic happened we were also very busy with work so like we haven't bothered renewing it now or going back as often plus my sister works there so it's like okay. we want to go yeah like, you got right. a bit of a hookup yeah, we got a bit of a hookup. Like, mm-hmm. We don't have time to go too often, so it's almost pointless for us to to get a pass because, again, before the pandemic, there was a couple months where we just didn't use a pass at all. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's funny how things work because right before the shutdown, we were like, oh, okay, like let's go to Disneyland. And we were there for just two hours. We were just like, fuck, like, we're exhausted. Like, let's go home and we'll just go next week. And then next week it gets shut down. We're like, fuck, you know. Yeah. So we just don't bother getting a renewed no more. We'll go whenever my sister's like, hey, you guys want to go? I'll give you guys tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it, it's definitely pointless to be throwing away, um, you know, d- depending on how you pay for it. If you paid it in full, that's a couple thousand bucks, you know, between the two of you. And then if not, you're throwing away, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month if you're doing the, the monthly payments every month. And if you're not going, there's literally no point in throwing away all that money. Yeah, it just becomes a waste of money. And then to be honest, like, my wife and I, like, when we go, we're like, we're, we can't hang no more. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that old. I'm only 29. But my body's always hurting. Because on top of working, like, I do more. Uh, I do jujitsu and I do Muay Thai. So it's like, sometimes the last thing I want to do is just be standing in line for a ride or, like, hanging out somewhere. I just, like, I'd rather be home resting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And just leave those trips for, like, a special occasion. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm the same way. Like I I used to be able to do like the open to close uh, all the Dude. time, but now it's just like all right. Like um, I I go with my buddy Andy all the time. Uh, him and I normally have like this like unspoken agreement where we're, like we know we're only going to be there for maybe half the day. Like it's rare when we're there for an extended period, uh, like a, or excuse me, an extended amount of time because uh, we just uh, on top of like our other shit going on in our lives. We just, yeah, we don't like to be there all day because it's just too packed. Like, I feel like it's worse now before the pandemic, even though they have cut the passes, they tried this whole new reservation system. It's still pretty bad. And you guys think now that like 
they got rid of like the fast pass line. So they have like this new program, Genie Plus, where you pay to select your return times. Um, but that just, I feel like just made everything worse. It didn't really uh, give any improvements like they're hoping for. Yeah, it's it's draining. It's it's draining. Like I, I can't do a whole day. I can't, I don't even, I can't even do a half like a day. That's one thing that benefited us about having a pass. It's like we would go there for a couple hours mm-hmm. and then ride a couple rides and then, maybe go back that same week and like do the other half and just walk around eating, drinking. But like, I, I can't do that anymore. No it's way too tiring. And yeah. then it's too hot. Yeah. Especially now we're like, you know, entering in like summer and like, geez, it was like, I think like close to like 90 something degrees when I was in LA yesterday. So yeah, it's, it's just getting hotter as like the days progress. That, and then being surrounded by a bunch of people sometimes like, like, I'd rather just be at home. Yeah. Know, nice yeah. and peaceful. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's just like you, you like get stuck in these lines with like a bunch of people you don't want to be around. You hear like the worst conversations and then you go and you get like on these rides or the ride breaks down. Yeah. There's all these, uh, yeah, it, it can be pretty bad. Yeah. I'd, I'd just rather not deal with any of that shit. I'd just rather be home. To be honest, I would much rather just be home most of the time already. Anyway, mm-hmm. like after the pandemic, like the first couple of weeks, like, I was kind of like, all right, cool. Like uh, I get to be home and chill a little bit. And then when we first started opening up, like, okay, cool. Like I had that urge to want to go out, but I think I got that out of my system. So it's like, now I just rather be home and just relax. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Like, I I feel like that's what I've like transitioned into because when I was uh, younger, because I'm 33, so I'm not that much older than you. But when I was like, you know, fresh in Orange County, I was like never home. I was always out wanting to explore, wanting to meet new people, get to enjoy the city because everything was new to me um, at a certain point because I just or I just moved to Orange County. But over time, it's like, OK, like I've experienced um, so much. I've seen a lot. I've met, um, you know, a lot of people. I have my friends. It's like, OK, cool. Like I've, I've done all that. And I just enjoy being at home more now these days than ever before. Yeah, I think it just happens when you when you get older, you kind of just learn to just enjoy your time, your own peaceful time at home. Yeah, because that that definitely becomes more rare, especially like when especially someone like you who's so busy, you know, you got the business um, construction on top of wanting to progress with the band. So I'm sure, you you know, with your busy schedule, you want to, you know, kind of treasure that precious time that you have alone. Or just the time to be at home and not have to, um, you know, do any of that other stuff. Yeah, it's not like, and it's funny because I kind of feel like the role switched a little bit with my wife back then. Like it was me that always wanted to go out, like, oh, let's go do something. But I think it's because of how much I was working and like I missed out on a bunch of shit. So it's like, oh, like I want to go do something. Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, no, nah, I just rather stay home. And now it's like the opposite. Like I feel like I've done enough and I'm way too busy now. It's not even work. It's just like band shit business and then like i said like training like it's i'd rather just go home and like rest instead my wife and i love going to the movie theater so if we do go out like i'd rather go to like a movie and catch that instead Uh yeah because you you get to chill and just get to you know watch something on screen and not have have to be like super active yeah exactly and and then like theater theaters now have like the reclining chairs so oh, nice. it's more comfortable. I could just get my order food, mm-hmm. have my drink. Some places um, serve like alcohol. So if I want to have a beer, like I could just kick it at the theater instead of 
either watching it at home or being out and about and just wanting to go home already. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I have had a good time speaking with you. This is a, our first time ever speaking um, outside of the, um, you know, the DMs. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do the podcast and, you know, to speak about the band and all your personal stuff. But before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, shout out to Woody Hardcore. Shout out to Love Power, Pull Your Card, Momentum, Amakara. Check out their bands if you haven't. That's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for everybody who tuned in, and we'll be back soon. Well, thank you for having me here.